turning back to 1 Samuel chapter 17, where we left off this, this morning. 1 Samuel 17, beginning with verse 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. We saw this morning that with God's help, David was really not an underdog. With David, with God, David had all of the advantages. We saw that this morning. You know, one of my favorite movie, movie moments uh, of a seemingly disadvantage that really was an advantage is this uh, moment picked, uh, depicted here in the Indiana Jones movie, uh, the very first one. Uh, Indiana Jones uh, is being chased through a village and he runs into this big guy with this big, huge sword. And the, the crowd gasps as the, as the guy, the big guy, swings the big sword. And it, it looks like Indiana Jones doesn't have, doesn't have any place to go. There's no way out for Indy. All he has is this whip in his hand, uh, it looks like. Uh, and then Indiana Jones pulls out a pistol and he shoots the guy. So it made his big sword a, a, moot, a moot point. Uh, that reminded me of... Of David, David uh, uh, was faced with this huge giant with all these arms, armament on, and big, big swords and big spears, and, and and a big man. And yet he uses his his armament. He uses his ability. He uses his knowledge of his adversary, and he uses the power of the Almighty to defeat. This big giant. David knew his armaments. He knew his ability. He knew his adversary. He knew the Almighty. David was no underdog. David was no underdog. Uh, We as Christians tonight, uh, the purpose of this sermon tonight is to understand that we're not underdogs either. If you're a Christian, you're not an underdog in the fight for your spiritual life. Tonight, let's see how really strong we are as Christians. Tonight, let's see that when we face our giants, we are not at a disadvantage. We must know our armaments like David. We find a list of these weapons and munitions in Ephesians chapter 6. In your handout tonight, Ephesians chapter 6, or you can turn in your, in your Bible there. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. In this passage, at the end of Paul's letter to the Christians at Ephesus, Paul uses the armor and the weapons of a first century soldier to explain how that the Christian is no underdog. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning with verse 10. Let me just read it with you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, 
with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. According to the the text, our armament is understood in verses 14 through 17. In verse 14, around our waist should be the belt of, of truth. The belt of truth. Remember John chapter 8, verse 32. Uh, and you shall know a lie, and the lie will make you free. No, that's not what it says. It says, you shall know a misunderstanding, and the misunderstanding will set you free. No, that's not what it says. It says you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Isaiah writes, Isaiah 11, verse 5, Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. We, we cannot stand in error and be righteous, be right with God. We cannot stand in ignorance and be faithful people. Isaiah 59, verse 12, For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we, we know them. We know we're sinners. We know when we've sinned. We know we're sinners. We know when we're not right with God. We know when we've been bad. We know when we've done wrong. We don't have to have somebody else to tell us. We know, and we must embrace the truth. We must embrace that truth. Romans chapter 13, verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light, the breastplate of being right with God. The breastplate protects the the vital organs. Being right with God is an is an essential armament of being a Christian, of being a soldier for God. You know, you, I, there's a lot of reenactors out there. I don't know if you've ever been down to Franklin to see the Battle of Franklin reenacted, and you've got guys that are dressed up in, 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 in Confederate uniforms and in Union uniforms. Well, they also do that all around the world for all kinds of different things. And in, in, in Italy and in other places, they dress up like Roman soldiers. And I went to one of those websites to look up historically what the Roman soldiers' uniform looked like. Let me, let me just read you this about the, the, the breastplate. Uh, and you, you can see it from this model on, on the screen. The, 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 for the Roman legionary, the armor itself consisted of broad iron strips fastened to internal leather straps the strips were arranged horizontally on the body overlapping downward and they surrounded the torso in two halves being fastened at the front and back by means of brass hooks which were joined by leather laces the upper body and shoulders were protected by additional strips shoulder guards and and breast and back plates with this on the soldier was protected this is vital armament for the Christian 
today. This is, this is vital. Being right with God, knowing that you are right with God, is vital to your Christianity. And my question to you after studying this and understanding this piece of armament that we as Christians must put on is, are you right with God? Are you right with God? Not the person sitting to your left or the right or behind you or in front of you. Are you right with God? Have you put this breastplate of righteousness on? Observe, observe verse, verse 15 with our sandals or our, 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 our feet. On our feet we are to wear the gospel of peace. Now the, the, the soldier's feet were covered by what we might call a sandal. But they didn't think of it as a sandal. It was a it, it was a it was a very ingeniously designed uh, piece of footwear. A boot is what they called it. Uh, it. It was designed to stop blisters from hard force marching. It's it, they had no trench foot problems uh, that the American soldiers in World War One, World War Two, uh, in Vietnam uh, and other places had have had to deal with N- none of those kinds of things. They didn't deal with that. These were ingeniously designed. These boots were constructed from three layers of which the top formed the outer shell, and they were laced up the center of the foot and on top of the ankle, and additionally iron hobnails or cleats were hammered into the soles to provide in in reinforcement when they were standing their ground. They could dig in and get traction. The gospel of peace is three layers as well. It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Paul, in Romans, he quotes Isaiah, Romans 10, verse 15. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Understand, I want you to understand this vital piece of of information, this vital piece of armament here. The the peace that we'll have, this, this peace... This gospel of peace uh, is, is not a peace that we'll have with each other. That's a byproduct. We will have peace with each other if we obey the gospel of peace, if we shod our feet with the gospel of peace. But the peace is with God. It's not with each other. It's with God. That's the, that's the peace that we have because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. It didn't make us at peace with each other. In fact, maybe in, in certain families, just the opposite. It made us at peace with God. Matthew chapter 10, uh, verse 34. Do not think that I came to bring peace on the earth, Jesus said. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be those of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is, this, with each other, that's not the peace that we're talking about. It's not the peace on earth and goodwill toward men that we're talking about. We have peace with God and we need to put that on our feet so that we can stand firm. That we're at peace with God. We and God have a good relationship. And that's more important than any other relationship. And notice back in Ephesians, the gospel gospel of peace, what does it require? Well, it requires preparation. 
doesn't it? Going through the motions of obeying the gospel because your friend wanted you to or because your spouse wanted you to or because it's the next, next check on your to-do list requires no preparation. But hearing God's Word with understanding, Romans ten seventeen, believing all about Jesus, all that there is about Jesus, John chapter 3, verse 16, obeying the commands to repent, Acts chapter 3, verse 19, confessing Jesus before others, Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, and being baptized and having your sins washed away, Acts chapter 22, verse 16, is preparation that will enable you to stand when you meet your giants and you fight your bears and you, and you sling your sling at your lions. We don't have to fear the giants of the world. Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We've got to have a healthy fear of God Almighty. We must have faith in God. This is our, verse 16, this is our shield. This is our shield. When things get nasty, that soldier loved to have that shield. That shield was awesome. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The, this website on uh, Roman arms uh, said this, the, the Roman shield used in defense was light enough to be held in one hand, and its large height, as you can see on, on, the, uh, on the screen, the large height and width covered the entire soldier when he's holding it up making him very unlikely to get hit by missile fire and in hand-to-hand combat. The metal boss in the center of the shield, you see that round thing in the middle in the middle of the shield? It's called a boss in the center of the shield. is made so that it could be not only a defensive weapon, but they can use that to knock somebody in the head with. It was an offensive weapon as well. The shape of the shield, this website goes on to say, the shape as it's curved right there allowed for packed four nape packed formations of soldiers to stand side by side and nobody could get them. If they were standing in formation, nobody could get them from either side. They had to go through that shield, had to go through that shield first. They also had a move called the tortoise, where the front rank would hold their shields in the front and everybody else would hold their shields up so that weapons from the front and weapons from above didn't even harm them. And they did that better when their faith well, when they're shields, as Christians, we should understand that when we're together, our faith is stronger. Our faith is stronger. We don't have to fear when we're fighting because we're protected. And when we're fighting together, we're protected even more. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, it says we must put on our helmet our helmet and pick up our sword. The helmet is salvation, knowing that you're saved. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it wonderful to know? Isn't it satisfying to know that if Jesus Christ came back right now, that you'd go to heaven? Isn't that wonderful to know? Isn't that great? Knowing that you're saved. It says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of, of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You know, when you're lost, there's no hope. 
When you're lost, there's no hope. And we find that hope and how to get that hope from God's Word. This is our hand-to-hand weapon. This is our sword. This is God's Word. As I quoted earlier about the truth, it will set you free. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them by your truth. Your Word is truth. That's what's the truth. God's Word. We must pick up our swords and be ready to attack. We must be ready to defend. Their swords were sharp on both sides. They could, those Roman soldiers could cut you coming and going. And we must be able to wield our sword and defend or attack when need be. We must know this equipment. We must know these, these arms. And we must know our abilities. We must know our abilities. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. We have the ability to be strong, it says. Where are we strong? We're strong in the Lord. We're not weak in the Lord. We're strong in the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and and verse 11. No matter what the devil throws at us, we have the ability to to stand strong. Notice verse 13. We have the ability to withstand when things get really, really bad when, when, bad, when bears and lions and have their mouths open wide and when giants uh, insult us and when they insult our God, we, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty where in God for pulling down strongholds. That's where our weapons are mighty. Their wep- our weapons are mighty in God. We've got to know this. We've got to know this is one of our abilities, and this ability is found in God. It, it goes on to say that, that, that uh, the weapons of our warfare are able to pull down strongholds, the cast down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Uh, you look at verse 14. It says we have the ability to stand because it's God who has given us this armor to wear. It's God-given armor. We have the ability to be ready. I love this passage in, in the Bible, Luke chapter 12, verse 35. It, it, it's beautiful. Jesus says, Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning, and you yourselves be like men who wait for their master when he will return from the wedding, that when he comes and knocks, they may open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. Surely I say to you, he will gird himself and have them sit down to eat and will come and serve them. And if he should come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants. We have the ability to be ready. And my question to us is, have we used that ability? Have we used that ability to be ready? Or are we being lackadaisical? This, is verse, this verse 16 gives us the ability, if we're ready, to overcome the world. First uh, John chapter 5, verse 4. The, the ability to take up this cause is given by God. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 2, He has made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of His hand He has hidden me and made me a polished shaft. In His quiver He has hidden me. We are an instrument 
of God Almighty, Sarah, for her birthday, got a new bow and arrow. Eddie helped me pick it out. We went, he saw me, and it was one of those compound bows and arrows. And we're like, we're like the bow. We're like the arrows. God holds the bow. God holds the arrows. And He selects one. Does He... Are, are, you, are you able to be used? Are you like some of the arrows Sarah has? They don't have a tip on them. They don't have a tip on them. You really can't shoot those arrows. We have the ability to be ready when God wants us to be ready. We have... With God's Word, we have the ability to slay ignorance, like Hosea did. Hosea 6, verse 5, I have slain them by the words of my mouth. It didn't do a lot of good for Hosea, but he did it. We as individual Christians have the ability. We have, we have the responsibility, not just the ability. We have the responsibility to use God's Word effectively. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Anything the Romans could have had, the Word of God is sharper than that, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. God's Word, that's the reason a lot of people don't like to come to church a lot, is because God's Word gets next to you if it's preached. We have the ability, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, verse 18, to pray always, to be watchful, to persevere. Jesus taught, Luke 18, verse 1, that men ought to always pray and not lose heart. We don't have to be afraid. Prayer works. Prayer works. Paul wrote to the Colossians, to those in to, to those in Colossae. Colossians chapter one verse three. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Chapter four verse two. Continue earnestly in prayer. Be vigilant in it with thanksgiving. That's a command to us. We've got to contend earnestly in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Uh, like, like Paul, we should, Philippians 1 verse 4, always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. We have this ability. We have this ability to exercise prayer. Are we exercising these abilities? We must know our armament. We must know our abilities. And we must know our adversary. Our adversary is the devil. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Verse 12, he is part of the principalities. He's part of the rulers of darkness. He's in charge of a, of a host of wickedness. Our adversary is represented by false teachers, false prophets. Second Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. But there were also pro- false prophets among the people. Even there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. 
We can see that being played out in the churches of Christ in our area now. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13, For such are false prophets, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose ends will be according to their works. When the 4th Avenue congregation in Franklin, Tennessee puts a woman in the pulpit against God's holy word found in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, 1 Timothy, deceitful workers are transforming themselves into angels of light. Brothers and sisters, it's happening now. And vengeance will be taken on the followers of the, of the evil one. Vengeance, will, we don't have to take vengeance. Vengeance is going to be taken. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. These include the Revelation 21, verse 8, cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. These are Luke chapter 8, verse 12, those by the wayside. They're the ones who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts lest they should believe and be saved. John chapter 8 verse 44, the devil is the father of the evil. He's the father of the ignorant. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. And those who hear the truth and won't believe and obey are the devil children. Notice who the devil's children here are. Those who hear the truth and won't believe nor obey. They're the devil's children. The gospel is veiled to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. We must know our adversary because Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16, the days are evil. The day we live in is very evil. We must not make excuses, Luke chapter 14, verse 18. We must not give, give the devil a place in our lives, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 and 27. Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And do not love the world, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away. The world is going to go away. And the lust thereof. But he who does the will of God, notice, he who does the will of God will abide forever. If you want to live forever... Do what God commands you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. 
Do you not know that the unrighteousness, the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. A lot of folks don't want to hear this today. This is hard to hear for a lot of folks. It's hard to hear because, well, it's the truth, and the truth is hard to hear. And if we're Christians, we have the arms and we have the ability and we can, we can know our adversary because we know the Almighty. <laughs> if you're a Christian, we get to know God. We know God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, we are strong in the Lord. Notice, we're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might, not our might, in His might. The armor we put on, verse 11, is God's armor. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Verse 18, it's, it's, the, it's in the Spirit that we pray. When we pray, it's in the Spirit that we pray. The Holy Spirit of God Almighty is the gift that we are given when we are baptized into Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. We're not an underdog. We're, we're not an underdog. David said it was the Lord who delivered him from the lion. It was the Lord who delivered him from the bear. It was the Lord who was going to deliver him from that Philistine. Romans chapter 8, verse 31, If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody. Nobody can stand before the Almighty God. You may have had a difficult childhood. You may have had a rough divorce. You may have had a violent past. In the world, some who've had a difficult childhood, a rough divorce, a violent past, or other things, some, some are overcome, and some are not. But Christians, we don't have any excuse. What's your lying? What's the lion that you're facing right now? What's your bear? Like David fought the bear. What's your bear? Who's your giant? Who's going to be your giant? As you leave here to face the Philistines of your life, who can deliver you? When facing our foe, when facing our foe, we must... Here's the, if you look on the back of your handout, when facing our foe, the F stands for fight. We've got to fight. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, this, I charge, I com- this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. First Timothy 6, 12, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life to which you were called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. If we're a Christian... When we face our foe, we've got to fight. We just can't lay down. We've got to face our enemies and fight them. We must overcome. Romans chapter 3, verse 5. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. How wonderful! 
If we can stand there and we can fight our foe, if we can fight our lions and beat our bears and face our giants, if we can fight and if we can overcome, Jesus will confess us before God. That is worth fighting for. We must endure. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When do we start? When do we start doing these things? When do we start enduring? When do we start overcoming? When do we start fighting? Right now, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. There's no need to fear. God is very near. You're not an underdog. You have the arms, the ability. You know your enemy. You have Almighty God on your side. But if these things don't apply to you, it's, it's the invitation of this congregation that you come forward and, and make things right with God. Come right now. as together we stand and sing. Stand and sing.